What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. Today's guest brings over 30 years of consumer insights and innovation experience, collecting almost half a million consumer interviews with Quaker, Pepsi, Brinker, and now on her own. She is the author of The Business of Joy, is a keynote speaker, contributor to NBC, Wall Street Journal, Late Show, Fox News, and others. And she is an absolute joy. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa Miller. I am so excited to be here, Zach. You are the most joyful person I know. (laughs) Well, I had so much fun meeting you in person and you are just like, you just radiate and, uh, you know, I've had the chance to go through your book. I'm excited to go through it in more detail. And I'm, I'm just excited to have you on this podcast because the business of joy, I've listened to some of your keynotes. I went back and I watched some videos, um, and you provide such great insight into the business of joy. And let's talk about that for a minute. Before we jump into anything else, I want to talk about the business of joy. What is it? How is it possible? Is this a pipe dream? Well, I that's a great question. And oh my gosh, it was so fun getting to meet you in person, you know, at the Texas Restaurant Association. But the business of joy was basically, I'll, I'll try to keep it short on this one, but It started as a passion project in March of 2020. And of course, everybody's business was crashing down. If you're in full service, you know, fast food was more business than they could handle. But I started thinking about it is, you know, how people were trying to find joy in other ways. People were having Zoom happy hours, you know, Zoom drive-through graduations. And so I had this aha moment. And while everybody was talking about fear, all the data was around fear and the COVID cases and all that, I said, you know what? I said, when joy was greater than fear is when the economic recovery could begin. Because mm-hmm. while we were fearful, we were we wouldn't leave our homes to go re-engage, whether it was movies or restaurants or shopping. And so when joy was greater than fear, the economic recovery could begin. So then I'm like, how do I measure joy? you know, and there was just so much data and it was all about fear. So I started asking questions like, what were you, what brings you the most joy? What are you going to do first when the pandemic opens? So I created this like innovation curve and it ended up Zach being a leading indicator of the restaurant recovery because I was measuring joy, not fear. So as my data went, so did the economic recovery. And that's when people started to take notice because it you know it helped it helped restaurants really unlock this uncertainty and this navigating these waters we had never seen but it it literally started as a passion project back in march of 2020 so what is joy i know this is a little bit meta uh it's <laughs> like what w- what is joy how do you bring it in your life so that's a you know i've had so many people ask and people do have you know interestingly there's no one definition and there's there's the difference between like joy and happiness and those types of things. So at the highest level, you know, joy is a state of mind, 
but it's also basically this fleeting moment of happiness that you want to jump up and down and you know you're just so excited around something so it can be both it can be that high order peace of mind but it's also just um where you are at a particular moment and what i tell people and i'm so passionate about this topic is we all could use a little bit more joy in our lives and whether it's going on a walk, whether it's having a picnic, doesn't mean going necessarily spending a lot of money, but there's so much negativity around us in the news and you know social media. And it just clouds the fact that we have a lot of things to be grateful for and experience. So that's kind of where I just feel like in general, people need more joy in their lives. But companies, restaurants in particular, can really help provide those joyful moments and memories. And how do you create that though? Like as an employee at a company, how do you create joy? Is it something that like I should be waiting on my employers to, to give me or what do you what do you think? Oh man, ooh, wish we had more time on that one. But let me give you a little bit of backstory and then I'll answer that question. So right now, um, I've been tracking consumer frustrations with the restaurant experience. And the headline on that, and I know you've you've heard me talk about this. It's not that joyful out there. Prices are high. You know, there's still staffing issues and service takes a little bit longer. And so it's not that joyful out there. And how you have to make it worth it for the customers to then be able to have them come back. But it starts with joyful employees at the end of the day, right? It has to. And I've thought a lot about this and I have lots of data on it as well. Is it whether you're in fast food, delivery, or full service, how do you invest in joy in your employees? And let me give you a couple examples. So Zalot Pizza, in the middle of the pandemic, you know, their business was exploding, but they were to, to have what I would say is low-tech personalization. So low-tech personalization in the world of all this digitalization, they hand-wrote little notes about enjoying the pizza on the inside of the box. And so it brought a little moment of humanity to this crazy world that we're living in. So low-tech personalization, which is very counterintuitive, right? But on the other side, how do you make high-tech fun? In Kura restaurants, which is a sushi restaurant, they have little robots that deliver the drinks. And so that's awesome. And people are thinking about automation, but those robots have personality, and so they're bringing joy on these two different sides of high tech and low tech. And that's joyful for the consumer. So it's possible. I think it's so interesting because a lot of times we feel like we're a victim of, of joy. We are, we are a leaf on the river of life. And at times we're going to be in joyful moments and in times we're going to be in unhappy moments. How do you how do you create joy regardless of circumstance? Well, I think what it is is it's the filter by which you view the circumstances that you're faced and the challenges that you're faced. You n- nobody's lives are perfect. We all face challenges and sorrow and sadness and things like that. But I think what you have to do is I, I talk about how joy is what propels you forward and kind of fear is what holds you back. And so even when you're facing troubled times and challenges, whether personally or professionally, how can you see on the other side of those challenges? And when they always talk about, you know, challenges create opportunities, that's the way to think about it. But 
nobody's lives are perfect and we all have challenges. And I think that's something that we have to remember is, you know, there's a, there's this famous quote about if you treat everyone like they're having a hard time, you'll be right most of the time, you know, and we're, we're all going through this. And I think at times when you, when you hear the word joy, you think of fluff, right? You think of, you think of the ice cream cone joy, right? You think of cotton candy. You think of the things that are, uh, rainbows and rainbows and butterflies, right? (laughs) So with this rainbow and these butterflies, is there a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow? Is there like a real business case for joy? And that is my friend. The whole reason I did this project, right? Is joy the literally the first line in my book and and no disrespect to anybody that writes self-help books, but I literally said, this is not a self-help book because people will say the business of joy, that's soft, that's squishy. And I'm like, no, joy is actually directly linked to the bottom line. It drives employee engagement. It drives top line sales because people have more grace when you have a bad experience, if they feel like you're a valued customer. When when we talk about the guest experience and we talk around what makes someone come back, it's when they feel important, when they feel connected. And that's what I tell people. It's not about perfection. It's about connection. And when you have joyful employees and uh, what are they doing? They're caring. And when you care about who's there, when you're happy and you can make someone's day better, that's actually going to in turn, make your day better, make you more happy, and then increase the retention, increase my desire to come back the next day, understand that I'm having an impact for good in the world. And the thing that I told people, I ran a nonprofit for seven years. And the thing I would always tell people is we can't change the entire world tomorrow, but we can change someone's world today. And if we do that, that just inspires a greater sense of loyalty and joy. And if you're able to make that guest feel important, you're increasing customer retention. And Lisa, I'm sure that you you preach this as well, but a 5% increase in customer retention, not 20, not 50, not 100, 5% increase in customer retention will increase profits 25 to 95%. Absolutely. I mean, and my data supports that as well, for sure. You want to make money, make people happy. And it starts with your employees, right? Without a doubt. And, And literally the other thing that I talk about, so without a doubt, and when consumers, let me, let me play that back, is that the customers are receiving this joyful experience, right? But what happens, which I don't think people talk enough about, the employee actually gets joy back from the consumer. And so you you just touched on it, but I, I want to underscore it because as consumers, we're all customers. So not just the frontline employees, but what I try to do is when I interact with frontline employees, whether they're delivery drivers, whether they're hotel people, restaurant, I interact with them. And I literally, let me just tell you this quick story. I actually at the delivery, I had delivery, deliver at a hotel and I actually checked the box that I wanted to talk to the delivery, like, you know, I wanted to have him hand it to me, right? And I actually asked him, I'm like, when was the last time somebody talked to you in your delivery? And he goes, never. 
And so we actually had this really, really good conversation about, you know, why he's doing delivery, what he likes about it. But he felt like a human because somebody actually cared about him. And so we have become, you talked about perfection, not, and we need to be have connections, not perfection. I would argue, I would build on that and say, we need to stop transacting and stop and start connecting because by stopping transacting and connecting it, it will, it's part of what you're talking about. But as consumers, we play a role in that. And if you watch people Customers aren't connecting either, but employees are going to have to do that. They're going to have to reach out. But once you have that connection, it opens up so many possibilities and that retention, it's, it's employee retention and it's also customer intention because employees want to go to work because they're customers. It's an engaging process. We're all humans. (laughs) Yes. And I, and I love that. I love that concept of we're all humans because I, I remind people that all the time. Uh, is you don't serve guests. You don't serve customers. You serve humans. And the same things that make a, a marriage great are going to make a meal great. You know, it's it's very similar because it's just, sure, the stakes are different, pun intended, but it's about, it's about that uh, expectations and it's about meeting the expectations. It's about following up on that. And if you're doing that with joy, it makes it so much better. So I, I know normally, Lisa, we have a whole bunch of questions that we ask in the show that, uh, and I'm going to skip those if it's okay with you. I hope, hopefully you didn't prepare too much for those because I'm loving this conversation. And I want to get, I want to get my fingers a little deeper into this, like this, this dough ball of joy. What can we do with our employees? What are some like specific tactics that we could do with our employees to help them increase joy. So when you think about what can what can employees um, employers do to help their employees, we have to think about it is not transacting with the employees. So think about shift meetings. Shift meetings are what about you know what are the promotions? You know what are the sales that have been happening? You know all of these transactional communications. And I work with uh, companies a lot to talk about how do you begin to connect? Are they okay? Do they have the resources that they need? And check in with them. And even just that small little connection point will go a long way in making them feel appreciated and making them feel a part of the process. And so that's just one thing. But I also want people, I get people saying, well, Lisa, you know, it's a drive-through experience or it's a um, delivery experience. How can we add personal connections? That's the problem. The, The companies sometimes have issue imagining a future state of connecting when you're going through the drive-through and, or you're having a delivery driver. And so we have to get outside of our own way to think differently about providing human connections in this world of convenience and transacting. And so shift meetings is just one example, finding those examples of low-tech personalization and high-tech entertainment and fun. Those are just two examples where in in the business world, they can work with employees to find ways to deliver joy in those, you know, in uh, unconventional ways. <laughs> What's a way, what have you seen as a way to like sh- level up a shift meeting? Well, like I said, it it might sound really kind of pedantic and like, oh yeah, sounds good on paper, Lisa, but how do you really do that? 
But I, I really just think about it's it's the human side of asking how they're doing. Do they feel like they have the resources? What resources do they need? Now you have to be able to well, to be able to solve some of those issues. So you can't ask the question, get an answer, and do nothing about it. So that's you know you've got to be able to be prepared. But also just having fun at the shift meeting. Um, there, there are companies that I've worked with that actually the recognition in a shift meeting, you know, catching people doing good jobs just on the floor. Um, those are things that go a little bit of a long way because frontline employees, which I've talked to hundreds of thousands, thousands of frontline employees, you know, they feel like just a number and they feel like it's this gotcha moment and ask them the last time they felt like somebody really appreciated the work that they're doing. And, you know, they can't think of the last time somebody said appreciated what they're doing. And you wonder why nobody wants to work in the restaurant business. You think of the bear, the TV show. It's like, you know, we got to do some work around changing perceptions. And one thing that we do, and by the way, feel free for anyone listening to use this, is we do something called give an ovation, where every month, every employee at Ovation has a bonus that they have to give to somebody else. And in our all hands meeting once a month, they fill out the form of who they're giving you know their bonus to. And I then read it out of Lisa uh, is giving her bonus to somebody because this person did this and this and this and this and this. Give it up for Zach. And everyone has a moment of celebration, but it's it's that moment of recognition because at times what I noticed is it was really hard for me, especially being on the road so much, to really see what everyone was doing. And this is a great way for me to connect with what the employees are doing without me being there and, and training others to catch other people doing good. And Absolutely. Are- and I, I think that's brilliant. And I know I've, I've, I've seen that that's how you work with your company. And I think more companies could absolutely learn from that because think about this in a restaurant, literally at a store level, if somebody actually has a way to say, Hey, you know, Zach did a great job, you know, bartending, or, you know, Lisa did a great job, you know, connecting with consume, you know, their customers in the drive through but it's the employees watching for good because the other thing too is remember i talked about you know we live in this world of negativity and fear we also live in this world of criticism and you know judginess and so people are trying to have these gotcha moments you know they're all over social media right and so if we train employees or encourage employees to find the good, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you're finding the good in people, not looking for the bad. So I think that that's, I think that's critical. And one other example that I've just personally decided I'm going to do, and I decided this in the last probably two or three months, literally you'll see on my LinkedIn post, I'm featuring like meet Marissa. She was the Freedom Park Valet at DFW Airport. Here's why she had great service. So I'm just in my daily world highlighting great service. And then of course, I'm tagging those companies to make sure they know about it. Um, Whether I did TGI Fridays, a UPS driver, Atmos Energy. I mean, the list goes on, but these frontline workers, we need them to show up and they need to feel valued to keep showing up. And you know what? I, I love that because I, I um, have had the privilege of meeting Governor Spencer Cox, uh, governor of Utah, a few times. And I recently had a very long chat with him. 
And one of the things that he talks about is there's two groups and it's not the the left and the right, but it's the builders and the destroyers. And are you building or are you destroying? And I love that bifurcation. And I have loved this conversation, Lisa, and uh, we need to have you back on. We need to have, you know, spreading more joy, spreading more business about joy and spreading more joy in business. So how do people find you and follow you, Lisa? So the best place to find the content is actually on LinkedIn. And so if you hashtag journey back to joy, it'll pop up. But Lisa W. Miller. So LinkedIn is the best place. And then if anybody's interested in picking up the book, they can check it out from my website or also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Awesome. Well, for bringing us quite a bit more joy to our life and giving us a doom perspective on the business of joy, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Give an Ovation. Thank you, Zach. It was such a fun, fun time. Thank you. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.